Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Boy, we are well into the new year now. I looked on the podcast roll, like, you know, what you see in iTunes. Yes. And we were just finishing the Back to Basics series we did. Okay. So we're, yeah, we got some lead time. Well, Between. it's kind of weird. We're we're cutting this now, but as someone's listening to it, they're thinking, "What are you talking about?" I've listened to four other episodes, and because Logan has been in your place while you have been gallivanting the countryside, stuck. you got stuck. You got stuck in all that nonsense, didn't you? Like a couple other thousand people oh, around the holidays. It was brutal. Did you get your luggage? Uh, well, yeah. So Southwest didn't have our luggage, but mm-hmm. the other airline then lost our luggage on the way back, even though we had a direct flight. You lost luggage on a direct flight? Yeah. Hi, I'm getting a connecting flight to Denver, and I was wondering, do you know the gate? Bye-bye. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm just about to go. Bye-bye. Yeah. But if you just wait. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Holiday travel. So did you you, uh, take advantage of the credit card deal? And uh, I don't mind losing my luggage. Never. I do not mind. I take full advantage of the credits that are afforded to me on my American Express. No. We got it back in, like, four days or oh i would have bought like new clothes i would have had a wardrobe i would have done it all yeah i talked to some friends uh they went out skiing and they didn't get their luggage the entire trip and of course they had i mean they were going to continue to ski they had bought their passes and so they had to buy everything they rented all their equipment they had to buy coats they had to buy all this stuff and uh, they came back and and i mean they made the most of it and i said well make sure because the airline's going to give them some stuff sure. and i said well your credit card has something I mean, you'd be surprised because, you know, it's like insurance. You know, the, mm-hmm. the payoffs are they're not regular, but they're, sure. the benefits are huge. And uh, sure enough, they, they'll have every bit of that covered. They'll probably make money in the process, and eventually they'll get their bags back. Yeah. All right. Before we go any further, uh, this week's episode brought to you by Jewel Financial. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. Who's Powerful that? planning wherever you may live. Yeah. I'm experimenting with taglines. Are you? Yeah, depending on when you go to our website, jewelfinancial.com, uh, you will see a different tagline there. It's like A, B, C, D testing. It is, except it's not. It's just me going in and changing it and yeah. then hitting refresh. So there's no like automation to it whatsoever. Or analysis on But what's I love working. the new site. I mean, the new site, if you go to our website, jewelfinancial.com, you will see the map of all of the clients we have all over the United States. And I was I knew we had a lot of different I knew we represented a lot of different locations. I never realized it was so vast. I mean we have them like all over. Yeah. There's a couple of empty spots. New Mexico, where are you at? What, what I mean, else did we desert. say? Arizona? Utah? Utah? I mean which is crazy. I know people in Utah. Salt Lake, all you Salt Lake folks out there, my friends that you listen. You need to do business with us. Simple as that. There you go. All right. That's a little aggressive. I need to tone was, down the yeah. aggressiveness there. It's direct marketing there to New Mexico <laughs> and Salt Lake. That's going to be to drop some targeted ads. Oh, geez. All right. We got a good question today uh, from Katie. What do you got? D-I-Y. Hi. My name is Katie. I am 32 years old, and I live in Denver, Colorado. I recently started listening to your podcast, and I've 
started to try and be really smart about my finances and plan for the future. I'm a PA and I have quite a bit of student loan debt from PA school. And my question is about paying off student loan debt while also contributing to retirement accounts and what sort of strategy for that you would recommend. Uh, my kind of unique situation is I have close to $100,000 in federal student loans that I've consolidated and I am going to take advantage of Colorado's Health Service Corps program where I will get about $67,000 um, of loan repayment given to me in exchange for working three years in a you know better really qualified health center. So that is fortunate. So with that remaining debt I'll have after paying off that lump sum in the beginning of my contract, I'm curious what you would recommend in terms of a strategy for paying down the rest of the remaining loans and also contributing in a smart way to my 403B with my employer and my Roth IRA that I have. Thank you so, so much. Okay, Katie, I love this question because it gives us an opportunity to speak to all high earners who are graduating and have a significant amount of debt. I want to say that other than the match that you're getting from your employer, assuming you're getting a match, anything above and beyond there, in my opinion, needs to go towards debt. The sooner you get out of debt, making the money that you're going to make as a PA, you will compound wealth at such a faster rate once you pay off the debt completely. Now, I have seen this go both ways. I have some very good friends and clients, full disclosure. He was a dentist, is a dentist, graduated dentistry school with a significant amount of student loan debt. His wife was a physical therapist, is a physical therapist. Their income combined was substantial. And they were starting out, buying a house, starting a family, all the things that, that you want to do. And their question to me was, we have a little – they came in. I'll never forget this. We have some disposable income. Uh, we would like to start investing. And I looked at the situation, and they had already – they were contributing to their 401ks uh, you know, up to the match. And they were thinking about taking the additional money, their margin, after – their student loan payments and so on and so forth and investing it. And I said to them, I would not do that at this stage. I would take every penny you have outside of what you're contributing to the match and pay off your debt. Everyone told them that was not smart. Even her parents said, wait, your financial guy who you went to for investment services told you not to invest? And that you should pay off debt? She said, yeah. And so they came back, and they were torn. And I said, look, you're going to have a decision to make. You're going to have to decide which route you go. But I can tell you that over the last, whatever it's been, 15 years at that time, 10, 15 years of personally, and I was speaking on my behalf, paying off student loan, auto, credit, you name it, I never once regretted getting out of debt so that I could take all the last dollars that I then had and begin to invest. And the story that I told them was, and this is the this is uh, basically looking at 
um, 2008-2009, I said during that time period, I knew there were incredible bargains to be had. You know, as far as investments, it was it's a no brainer. I mean, you, you look at some of these companies, these investment opportunities, et cetera, no brainer. Except I didn't know how long it would take to rebound, and I had debt. And so adding money to investments at that time was at the risk of that money being eventually used to maybe pay off a debt that we might have needed to pay off if we lost our job or something along those lines. Point being is I couldn't take the risk. Fast forward COVID decline, and there was a handful of people in and around our our sort of uh, network, clients, employees, family, you know, you name it. I would call that a network. A handful of people who put money into the market at the lows. I was one of those people. I'm very pleased to have done so. I should have leveraged up everything and done it, but hindsight's 2020, and that's just a risk I wouldn't have taken anyways. But the commonality among those people who did, and it was a handful, not many people at all, no debt. Bravo! So the risk of saying, well, I can put money in, and I have time in order for this to rebound, and I don't have debt, there was no risk to the psychology of that at all. So, again mathematically, you may put this on an Excel spreadsheet, Katie, and say, or someone may do this for you and say, what is he? That's crazy. Don't do that. Your interest rate is this, and you can make this in the market, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm here to tell you, the sooner you get out of debt, the better investor you will be because you won't have that debt hanging over your head when markets are volatile like they are today. So take every energy, every ounce of energy, and every additional dollar over and above what you're getting a match on in your 403B and pay off debt. What say you, Daniel? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Debt really serves as an anchor to your decision-making, your flexibility, your risk-taking, etc. So just having that payment there or really being on the hook and committed uh, to something like that, uh, payment or payments in many cases, really destroys your ability to pivot and make moves and, and do some things in life that you would otherwise uh, maybe jump on and, and do. So I think the sooner that you can get rid of that, the better. I know it kind of pained me running the math when we paid off one of our debts years ago. That was like three-ish percent interest, something like that. Knowing that, you know, if you run the math, you know, the average returns in markets, things like that of 10%, you know, it's effectively a you know negative interest rate that we're paying. But Really, by paying that off, it made sure that we weren't uh, in a roundabout way utilizing debt to invest. Because if you if you have debt and you're using your margin to invest instead of pay off that debt, what you're effectively saying is you want to invest utilizing a loan. Uh, and and most of us, if we actually had that option, I know you mentioned you know leveraging up uh, during the pandemic and so forth. But most of us wouldn't go into our brokerage account and buy stocks on margin for the long run margin being debt. Uh, that's what you do. If you open a brokerage account, and you buy more in, in stocks or mutual funds or whatever, then you actually have cash in the account. You're taking on what's called a margin loan. You're taking on debt in order to invest. And so when you have student loans outstanding, car loans, etc., but then you're chucking away hundreds of dollars into an investment account, uh, etc., you're effectively saying, I'm okay uh, taking out a loan at 3 5 10%, whatever it is, in order to invest for the future. And 
in some instances, maybe the laws of averages and mathematics will work out for that. But the sooner you can not do that, the better just overall peace of mind uh, you'll have in the long run. Our next episode, so stay tuned for this, is going to be regarding a question about paying off mortgage debt versus home appreciation. So we're going to dive deep into that uh, and have that subsequent discussion in the next episode. The only thing I'll share with you, Katie, is it's really a psychological mind shift that that you're looking at. I would say that that's the only time uh, in regards to debt that, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, many people differ in this opinion, but I would say the psychology trumps the math. So you don't want to be making psychological or emotional decisions when it comes to your finances as far as investing is concerned, as far as you know, business opportunities, career moves, you know, buying a home. Again, emotional or psychological decisions like, oh, I got to buy that now. It's not going to be there, and you know, I just, I, I this job's so amazing. I, I, you know, whatever. I can't wait to start this business. I think those are more strategic, mathematical business approach type, you know, uh, endeavors. This, however, frees you up. I, what did you say? I really liked what you said. You said that debt is the what? It's like an anchor, an anchor to the flexibility, yeah. or success. I mean, it's going to keep you if you have student loans, auto loans, stuff like that, and you get a oh, new I understand the theory. Yeah. I understand what you meant by. I know it. you're I'm saying the way you said it was really oh. nice. No, I, I can't remember what it is. It was really good. You yeah. have to coin. You should it. listen to the podcast. I will listen to this podcast. Figure out what, exactly what Daniel said. That's what she said. Ah. No. Uh, but it's it's so true. It, it is the one area that that sort of frees you to make better decisions. So. It's weird, but that's all I can say. It frees you up psychologically to make better sound decisions elsewhere. Um, the only other thing I'll say, Katie, I guess this is the second thing I'll say, is just follow the DIY money steps. So make sure you have $1,000 fast cash. Make sure you have your emergency fund. You know, that I'm going to assume since you're you know, binging the episodes, you didn't say that, but I'm assuming you're binging those episodes, that you've got those steps in place yeah. uh, and, and you know, are taking the necessary DIY money precautions. Now, Curveball, if it's going to take you multiple years to pay off that debt, and for some reason that debt is a lower interest rate that you could get in a safe money market or treasury right now, would you make payments into the risk-free asset, try to get that balance up to not destroy liquidity? Uh, or is that too much playing around? After the three months of after the three months of emergency fund, I yeah. I wouldn't, you wouldn't. personally. Um, I'm actually facing that right now uh, with a private loan that I gave someone uh, to start a business, and I did that. I wrote a check out of a HELOC, and I'm using the payment. It's it's a you know non family member, but I gave a very good interest rate that basically pays the HELOC interest rate. And why I did that is I'm not trying to make money in the deal. And so every month I get a payment from this individual and I turn around and pay the HELOC. It's a wash. Sure. Um, but I'm looking at that and I'm now I'm annoyed that I have this note outstanding on my HELOC. It's like, I'm like, ugh. And so I'm debating on whether just to pay that off, but I would then have to take that money out of something that, you know, is either earning interest or is in the market or whatever. So even that, just a good, great example, even yeah. that small loan is annoying to me. It just having a note, having someone 
I I owe something to someone. Ugh. Once you make that. debt abnormal, then it feels terrible to have. Yeah. But if you live in this ecosystem where which most people do, car loans, student loans, all that is just that's how we do life. Then it doesn't feel. Weird. I like people who come in to our office and say, "Well, I don't have any debt other than the mortgage and the auto and some student loan debt," and I'm like, "Wait." You have debt then. <laughs> yeah, I think they're meaning credit cards. Yeah, they are. But, but they have a lot. Interesting. Yeah, a Anyways. All right, Katie, uh, keep up the great work. Great job on the whole forgiveness thing and you know working where you're working to do that. Smart plays. Uh, you're going to be very, very successful. So keep, uh, keep at it. Oh, my dear Katie, you're going to be all right. Bye-bye. All right, friends. Secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.